My name is Andrew Shigori, and this is the Big Iron Podcast. We're here to entertain and educate any who are inclined to or otherwise interested in the livestock raising, garden growing, do it yourself, keep hitting it till it quits moving type of life. Modern problems require modern solutions, but there is a wealth of knowledge to draw from those that came before us. Presented by PNC Cattle Pens, top of the line equipment specifically for Texas Longhorns and more. From hay rings and panels to squeeze chutes and complete working systems, PNC Cattle Pens has what you need. To keep you and your herd running safe and efficiently, check them out at pccattlepens.com. That's P-C-C-A-T-T-L-E-P-E-N-S.com. Now let's throw this skunk on the table and get down to business. Welcome to day one of our 10-day Big Iron Podcast Marathon, where I'm going to release an episode every days to add value to this podcast for our agriculture entrepreneurs. Today, we're going to talk about how you've been lied to. This one specifically, we're going to cover five common misconceptions about Texas Longhorn cattle, five things that I hear often that people think about Texas Longhorn breed that are just not true. So let's get into it. The first one is that only the males have horns. You'd be surprised how often I hear this um, on social media or in person at the farmer's market. Someone will come up and be like, wow, look at this big bull skull on the table, which in fact, it's a cow skull, which is a female. So I'm not sure exactly where this misconception came from if it was from the Saturday morning cartoons or the dairy industry I'm not sure um but in fact in all horned cattle breeds both males and females have horns there is such a thing called polled cattle which means that they have been bred to not have horns they are hornless cattle but horns are part of the cattle's anatomy and they're actually an extension of their sinus cavity so here's a few more things that you may not know about cattle's horns they are not just for decoration they have a hard exterior shell that's made of keratin And they have an internal structure that's a porous bone core that has arteries and veins running through it. That's right. The horns have blood flow. In fact, if you are able to touch one, it'll be warm to the touch because you can feel that blood running through it. This is notable because a lot of times on social media when I post pictures of our cattle... People will say, why don't they trim those horns or why don't they cut those horns off to help the cows out? That would be relatively similar to cutting off a a finger or a hand. They have blood flow, so it's a mess if you try to trim those horns. Um, It's not very fun for the cattle. Plus, Texas Longhorns use their horns kind of as hands in a way. They'll scratch themselves with them they'll swat flies with them they'll push each other around to assert dominance with them 
they'll scold their calves with them. So the horns are a big part of the cattle's anatomy. So something interesting about the fact that the horns have blood flow is that the horns are exposed to the surrounding air temperature more than the internal organs of the cow. So with a larger horn, it has larger surface area of arteries and veins that are exposed to surrounding temperature. And a large horn that's exposed to cold air will cause cattle to lose valuable heat in cold temperatures, but will help cool the animal in hot temperatures. The Texas Longhorns have adapted to live in all climates. I know them from Canada down to South America, right? Um, So they've really adapted to use those horns as a way to help regulate their body temperature. Texas Longhorns are what what I raise, what I'm most familiar with. Um, And they are a completely separate breed of cattle than the African Watusi. Um, the African Watusi is another example of a large horned cow, which is why I bring a breed of cattle, which is why I bring it up now. Um, but those are a different form or a, I'm sorry, a different breed than the Texas Longhorns altogether. Um, so that's a few interesting things about horned cattle and why they have those horns. So when Texas Longhorns were developing as a breed in the American Southwest, they started to develop longer horns as a way to help themselves regulate their temperature, their internal temperature in that extreme heat of that, the extreme heat of that climate. They're able to send blood to the horns to cool it down in the air and bring it back to their body to help them prevent overheating. Now, some people do remove the horns from cattle, um, usually done when it's when they're younger, and most of the time done when they're very little calves if they want them to have no horns at all, and they'll either burn with an iron the horn nubs so that the horn cells never have a chance to survive and grow into actual horns, or they'll use a chemical um, to do the same thing, to kill those horn cells when they first start so that they never develop horns. Now, that would be called a dehorn, a dehorned animal. That is different than a polled animal. A polled animal is an animal that has been genetically, has been bred to genetically have no horns. And being polled is a dominant trait. So a homozygous Polled bull or cow will only produce polled offspring. Now, homozygous just means that that's the only thing it can produce, basically. Like, Herefords are homozygous um, with the white face. And to my understanding, Angus are homozygous with the black body. So when you breed the two of those together, however far down the line, that's how you get black baldies. That's my understanding. And if I'm wrong, someone feel free to reach out and... And tell me that, but basically that's what homozygous means. It means they can't not produce it, basically. So my last point on horns is that horns are a completely different thing than antlers. Horns are with the animal for life. They have blood flow and they grow continuously. 
Some examples of horns are on cattle, goats, bighorn sheep, etc. Some examples of antlers would be deer, moose, elk, so cervids. Um, they have antlers, and antlers shed every year, and they grow a new setback every year. These are bone-like structure that does not have blood flow inside the actual antler itself. So that's a little bit different. Texas longhorns do not shed their horns. Um, they are horns, not antlers, and they grow continuously through their entire life. They usually grow the most within, I'd say, the first three years, and they start to slow down, and by the time they're a mature cow, they're growing maybe one or two inches a year, typically is what I would say. So that brings us to misconception number two. Texas Longhorns are not beef cattle, or the beef is tough. Well, you may be surprised to find out that, in fact, Texas Longhorns are considered the original beef cattle in the United States. We will get more in-depth on the Texas Longhorn history later this week. But for now, I will tell you that they have been here for 500 years and were essential to the United States' westward expansion. They are often not considered beef cattle by modern standards because they take slightly longer to grow and are leaner beef. The lean beef is the reason that they fell out of favor as beef cattle. At the turn of the previous century, beef tallow was a hot commodity and longhorns were largely replaced by fattier European breeds. Although the beef is now making a comeback among health-conscious folks due to its leanness, high protein, and omega-3s, and low fat and cholesterol, the beef, when raised correctly, is no tougher than other beef. But it is lean and may have some more connective tissue within the muscle itself. So with anything, as with anything, proper cooking techniques will make Texas Longhorn beef the most delicious beef you've ever tasted. In fact, we sell it at our farmer's market, at the Piedmont Triad Farmer's Market in Colfax, North Carolina, and online at hslonghorns.com under the beef tab. Our longhorn beef that we grow here at Hidden Springs Ranch is completely grass-fed and grass-finished. They have a natural, as natural a diet as I can give them. They have big acres of pasture with we leave forest within the pasture to give them natural cover, wind breaks, um, and shelter. And that allows them to then forage not only the grass and sometimes the hay that I put out for them, but things within the foliage within the forest as well. Sometimes they'll push over a little poplar tree, eat the leaves out of the top of it. They'll eat little bushes and vines that grow up. So it gives them an opportunity to have as natural a diet as possible there. One of the original longhorn traits is exceptional foraging ability. So I try to provide them the opportunity to make the most of their genetic potential. Misconception number three is going to be they're mean. I think this misconception just comes from the fact that the big horns can be a little bit intimidating um, but I definitely get this question a lot on uh, social media as well. Aren't they mean? Are you scared to go out there with them? And my answer to that is just like with any species 
and any breed within that species, some of them can be. <laughs> it's kind of an individual basis. Most are not. Most are not aggressive or not mean. But since, I'll say that for, for the ranch that I manage or any ranches that I manage, my suggestion is always we get rid of the ones that are aggressive because we do not want them to pass that along to their offspring, which they 100% can. <laughs> they definitely can. Um, we definitely don't want that, and we don't want anyone getting hurt, so I usually put the mean ones, if they are any, into hamburger. Since longhorns are often bred on smaller ranches nowadays, the breeds have the breed has greatly moved toward docility. Longhorn ranchers, by and large, are hands-on with their cattle, and any of that are mean or overly aggressive are often made into hamburger, like I said before. And ones with a better disposition are often used for breeding, thus moving the breed as a whole toward a more docile animal. If you want to see some videos of me putting petting longhorn cows, check out my latest reel on Instagram at Big Iron Media Co. Misconception number four their horns are too heavy. I know I've probably said this about everyone, and there's a reason why they're on their, this list, because I get told so often on social media, or people comment, um, either they're making a statement and trying to shame me for it, which I, that's a whole nother thing, but most of the time people are just asking, like, aren't those horns too heavy for the animal, or I've heard that longhorns don't make good beef, etc., um, but their horns are too heavy, so it's easy to see a video of a Texas Longhorn cow and think, wow, those horns look too heavy. A few of ours, their head kind of sways as they walk. They got a little bit of swagger, as I like to say. But here's a few things to keep in mind. One, the horns themselves are a keratin shell with a porous bone core containing soft tissue and blood vessels. They're really not that heavy. They're not solid. 20 to 30 pounds for a good size set in most cases is what I would say is average based on the ones that I've been able to weigh. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, you know, those horns are, are mostly hollow. They're not hollow completely, but the bone within is porous and it has blood vessels running through it. Point number two, the cattle are built for it. They have very strong neck, back, and leg muscles that allow them to support those horns. They're very large animals. Um, point number three kind of rolls into that. A longhorn cow can average 1,000 to 1,300 pounds and bulls up to 2,000 pounds. So if you do the math on that, which I did it, but I don't have it in front of me right now. I may try to post that on social media later as well. But if you do the math on that proportionally, Humans' heads weigh more compared to our overall body weight than a longhorn cow does. It's just the horns come out to the side so far that it looks far bigger and far heavier than it actually is for the animal. So it's good to keep in mind that the horns themselves are not as heavy as they may appear. The cattle are built for it. They have huge necks, big around as a 55-gallon oil drum. And they themselves are very large animals. Um, and if you do the math, our heads are bigger. <laughs> so misconception number five, 
and I might be on a soapbox a little bit with this one, but stay with me. Misconception number five, longhorns have no place in the modern world. I don't know why, but I have had people come on social media and feel as though it's their job to convince me that longhorn cattle are useless. I'm not going to call anybody out or I'm not going to get too far into that. I'm not going to give that too much time, but I wouldn't be breeding them if I believed that. So here is why to me that is a misconception. Longhorns most definitely do have a place in the in the uh, modern world. So allow me to use this time for a bit of a retort. I believe that longhorns do have a place in our world. Unless you're Native American, Texas longhorns have been here for longer than your people. Their ancestors came with the Spanish in the 1400s. In fact, they have been here for longer than modern horses have. Let me say that again. Texas Longhorns have been in America, in the United States, for longer than modern horses have. So if you argue they have no place here, by that logic you would also have to argue the same for the horse. Texas Longhorns are an icon of the American West. People use them on advertising for sports teams, all over the people who have said to me that they don't see how Texas Longhorns have any place in the modern world will then have jewelry with a Longhorn skull on it. (laughs) So Texas Longhorn were used as a resource to build a way of life on this continent, and they do not deserve to be allowed to fizzle out or disappear into obscurity. Besides that, Texas Longhorns still have traits today that are beneficial to modern cattle other breeds of cattle. Some other prominent breeds today have have lost some of those traits, such as early fertility, forage efficiency, which we talked about earlier, calving ease, health properties in their beef, and there's more than that. I often recommend that folks breeding other types of cattle use a longhorn bull on their first year heifers. The reason for that is it allows less chance of injury and promotes a slightly smaller calf For the first birthing, less chance of injury or death or pulling a calf at all, for that matter, from that heifer. Because longhorns have a a lower birth rate, but a good rate of gain afterward. So it's worth breeding your first year heifers to give them a trial run, as it were. You're going to get a good um, hybrid calf out of it, and you're going to help minimize injury or death for those first-year heifers. All that being said, I love Texas Longhorn cattle, and I will continue to shine light on the benefits of this breed that I love so much. On day two of the Big Iron Podcast Marathon, we will do a little deeper dive into Texas Longhorn history. I will talk at you then. Thanks for listening. Hidden Springs Ranch Beef is 100% registered Texas Longhorn Beef. Try out our new Snack Sticks, lean Longhorn Beef with no nitrates added. Available in hot, mild, sweet, and sweet heat. The hot is my personal favorite. We're happy to say that these Snack Sticks are shelf-stable and we can ship them directly to you. Or if you're in North Carolina, check out our freezer beef options for local pickup halves holes bundle boxes and bulk ground 
go check it out at hslonghorns.com under the beef tab and use code BIGIRON for a little discount on me. hslonghorns.com and hit that beef tab.